I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to FroPow, where your hosts, Auden Rags. And this week we have a really special treat. We have Zoe Bean in the studio. Hi. Um, and we... So I see Zoe pretty frequently, um, and you we've do. been talking <laughs> you do, pretty sure. I yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, we've been talking a little bit lately about mansplaining. We and, have been talking about that, and I would love to give you a beautiful platform for you to talk about that now. Oh, um, okay. Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. Uh, well, uh, as a female business owner, I find that there are several situations in my day-to-day where people are constantly trying, that well, people, men, are constantly trying to explain to me how to do the things that I've successfully been doing for quite some time. Yesterday, I was parking my car and a gentleman on the sidewalk started directing me, which I required zero assistance. I have a backup camera. I really needed like no (laughs) help at all. But he felt compelled to stand on the sidewalk and like whistle at me and wave his arms wildly and then jump up and down at one point because I wasn't parking to his satisfaction. And finally, I rolled down the window and Asked him to please fuck off because I'm like, I don't need your help. I didn't ask for your help. I don't know why. He's like, well, you're not, you're not, you, you know, young lady, I'd really like to help you. (laughs) I was like, not a fucking lady. Like, go away. Just leave me alone. But so, yeah, there's been a lot of mansplaining lately that has been 
uh, it's a, it's a little infuriating. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little infuriating. I think I think that's like the least words that I would use on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. I was interviewed for um for a magazine recently, and the woman who was interviewing me asked me, um, "What is it?" She said. Have you noticed that it's more difficult to be a woman as a tattooer and a business owner? And I said, I think as a woman moving through the world, it's just more difficult to be a woman moving through the world in some ways because there are things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis that men just don't think about that doesn't affect their day-to-day. And so I think any time a woman is trying to do pretty much anything, whether it be just park their car or run a business like they're going to face things that men just don't have to deal with yeah I can say that because I um Tyler goes to park the car um and he's the one that needs the most help um also he's the (laughs) most anxious about it so I always have to get out of the car and help him but no one has ever offered to help him out at all like and he's no strangers on the sidewalk directing him yeah right because the assumption is as a man there are certain things that you automatically are born knowing, like how to park a car. Mm-hmm. But as a woman, even if you learn to drive a car in New York City, there's no way you present in a way that inspires confidence that you're going to be able to park your car. Oh, man, I really want somebody to show me how to parallel park my car. Yeah, she drives a, a Subaru Outback um, and can parallel park it like a champ. I drive a Subaru Forester. Woo! So... I, and I, I mean, I can put my car in a spot that's maybe three inches longer than my car. Yeah. That, like I'm, yeah I am super motivated. If I find a spot, there's no way I'm not fitting into it. I like, actually I had to pass up a spot, but that was just because it was three inches shorter than my car. Well, that, I mean, then you have to just like <laughs> scoot the cars around you. Yeah, right. A bit. I mean, but yeah, maybe one day I can do that. But I can, I'm like, so I drive a stick shift. So I can, I can confidently say I can parallel my park, my car like a boss without stalling. And I just like, I watch people actually stop. Like watch me parallel park my car. And I'm I mean, like, do it. A- say something. Say it. I dare you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think that I have just become aware lately of how much commenting mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. is in uh, there and, and everything that I do. And I find that in the summertime, I get more because I'm heavily tattooed woman. So the more skin I'm showing, the more commentary I get about pretty much everything I do in the world. Yeah. It's 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 a thing. Well, yeah. Mhm. I have two thoughts about that. Um about all of this conversation. Um the first thought is I hate mansplaining, but I think what I hate more is when people su- women support the mansplaining. Like, no, he knows what he's talking about. Like, you know, when you go out and there's uh, an elderly couple, husband and wife and the husband is mansplaining something and then the wife backs it up like that whole just backing everything up. It's like, no, go away. Yeah. Stop. I mean, I think that, it, you know, I've started to really examine this. Like I'm the mom of a son. And so I'm thinking about the way that I use language in terms of my kid and how I want him to move through the world and talk mm-hmm. to people. And I think a lot of w- how you learn to behave is by watching your parents and like yeah. the way that I communicate with my partner is sort of the model of how he's going to be a man talking to a woman. And I think that in our house, at least, there's a real equity in the way we make decisions and the way conversations go and just the way we move through the world. Like we're 
partners. Right. And I think that there aren't a lot of people who grow up with that kind of example. And so I think that like, as I become more and more aware of how things sound and and how other people talk to me, I get more and more frustrated with some of the like craziness. I mean, even like from my own family, like mm-hmm. my like, so I own my own business and my husband and I do the same job. He's a tattooer. I'm a tattooer. We don't work together. He works at a shop in Manhattan and he works for someone else. And I have my own place that I have a partner with. And my family still defers to him when they ask about the business aspect of tattooing as if for because just based on his genitals, he happens to have more information about this. And it's based on nothing other than the fact that he has a dick. Like No, it, it's it's go it comes with the Y chromosome. I don't sorry I, you missed that. I did. I missed it. But I think, I, we I all think missed that memo. But I think there is this like societal imprint that has happened in the past. And I I hope and I feel like it's starting to change with people's new understanding of gender and roles of gen like how that's defined but i do notice that especially with people of a certain age mm-hmm. that it's like it's imprinted and it's not it's amazing to me where i'm just like hi i run a business like all by myself and there's this level of surprise where it's like oh you know how was your how was your we just finished our first year of being in business and we're two women running a business and how was your first year awesome we kicked ass we're doing great like our business is super successful well it must have been really hard like, no, it wasn't actually that hard. We, you know, we worked hard, but like we knew what we were doing. We were prepared and we, we kicked ass. Like, oh, did, you know, did your husband help you a lot? And I was like, well, yeah, he's a super supportive person. He helps me as a, as a person, but no, he's not involved in my business. It's my business. Like it's amazing. That stuff is just amazing to me. It just kind of, it's so funny to me because I'm the oldest um, out of my siblings and my partner is the youngest out of his siblings and so like our dynamic is so different because I'm typically louder um, in my opinions and also I think more correct um, <laughs> well, you're an older sibling. You always, I'm an older sibling too. We always think we're right about everything. Right. And I mean, and I just, I had to figure out a lot of stuff growing up. And so I know how to do a lot of things, just like have a lot of practical knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and my partner does not. Um, and so I feel like I am pretty, I mean, not always, he's very smart, um, and wonderful, but I am explaining a lot of things to him. And so it feels like I, you're the mansplainer in your relationship. I'm the mansplainer in a relationship. <laughs> but I I didn't really, I guess I understood what mansplaining was, obviously. But then going and sort of navigating as a like mid-level employee, I'm slowly realizing that I know what I'm doing and I've been doing um, my job for, you know, over 10 years. And so I do know what's going on um, and that I still have men at my job telling me how to do my how how to do what I'm supposed to do and also asking me if I need supervision. Which is very infuriating. Yeah, that is infuriating. I mean, I think part of my decision to open a studio with Drew, my my partner, was that we didn't want to be answering to a man anymore. We wanted to be in a situation where we were working for ourselves and that there was no 
there was there was just going to be this kind of equal vibe, right? So like you come into our studio and it just feels good and there is no drama. There's no, I don't know, that that thing that I've always experienced working in shops where I've worked for men, where it's like, there is this weird, like I'm, no one will ever tell me at my studio that I'm girl cold if I want to like change the temperature. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I can't, I, I'm, I'm a person that runs cold and every shop I've ever worked in, I was told that I was girl cold, like where I'm like, I'm cold, I'm uncomfortable, I'm expressing discomfort. And they're like, well, you're girl cold, put on a sweater. And it's like, okay. And in my studio, I mean, Drew and I still run at very different temperatures and she definitely tells me to put on a sweater, but she doesn't tell me that I'm girl cold, which makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, it's, a, it's an amazing thing, like, when you start paying attention to that kind of stuff, how much society mm -hmm. is set up to make men comfortable and like women are sort of the afterthought when it comes to that stuff. And yeah. I, But I feel like there is a shift happening as it, more and more women are in charge of things and in running their own businesses and running for office. There is the shift that's happening that, you know, women are going to make themselves comfortable first. I think in the workplace, it's even harder because like you typically want to keep your job yeah. for a lot of, I don't want to say good reasons, but for a lot of survival reasons. Um, and then you're stuck in this situation a lot of times where if you don't cooperate, you can get fired. And if you do cooperate, well, fuck the patriarchy and fuck me because I just ruined my day, you know? Oh, yeah. That's because that's where I am. Yeah. I know where you are. Yeah. I get daily texts from you. Yeah. I got sent a spreadsheet to use to contact people um, and it contained no contact information. <laughs> Um, because my boss, who is a man, expected me to be able to do it. And he included in his email and it said, just Google him. I was like, how am I supposed to find Julia Smith? <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm sorry for your loss of patience and time. Yeah. My condolences. Yeah. Rip. <laughs> uh, it sucks. But, you know, you have to have a paycheck. And I can only imagine what it's like for people who have to be in, like, positions that are lower or considered to be lower. Mm. Um, so, like, secretaries or nurses. Not saying any of these don't matter, but, like, people consider them to be lower. And if a man is in a position ahead of you, it's just, it's so obnoxious. They tell you how to do things. Yeah. I'm sure that all these people in these positions know what they're doing. So let me ask this question, because obviously we don't want unsolicited advice from anybody, man or woman, or gender queer. Um, however, there are times where we do, we would actually appreciate the advice, the advice, but like we go seeking for it, right? Like we're, we would like to ask somebody first, you know, we, it's consensual advice giving, please give me advice. If I, I ask now, for it. If I ask for it. This is basic life stuff, though. Like, I feel like even with, like, with kids, as you're, like, teaching your kid how to do something, mm -hmm. you let them try before you tell them how, like, you know, you give them an opportunity to figure it out before you explain everything. Like, it's yeah. the way we learn. It's the way we process. And so I feel like you shouldn't have to tell people 
not to tell you how to do everything. Like it seems really straightforward that if you need someone's help, you're going to ask for it. It's just like a weird flex. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking for advice, but you're going to give it because you want to feel like you're in power and in control. But I also think it goes back to what Zoe was saying that like, I think that a lot of times people are taught that they shouldn't be asking for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people assume that you need advice on what to be doing. Right. And I think it we should be teaching kids and everybody that just ask for help when you need it or you don't know how to do something. Yeah. Right. And, and, then, the, right. and the flip side of that is that wait to be asked for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Muddle through it. And then when you're when you're stuck. Right. Ask for help. Ask for help. Thanks for listening. Um, if you have something that you want to talk about or have us talk about, you can send us an email at fraupowpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on, so- on social medias um, on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast. And as always, don't, don't be, be a dick. dick.